Let's talk about addiction, because if it isn't an issue for you, it will be for someone you know. Shopping, gambling, sex, porn, drugs, Botox, junk food, alcohol, literally any activity that offers relief can hijack your emotions and govern your behaviour. You might think of it as your little thing, an emotional release or your secret habit or guilty pleasure, a soothing sanctuary to help you reduce life's noise and escape it all. Well, it feels delicious while you're there. At least it used to. Warm, embracing and non-judgmental. You revel in the flow and things momentarily seem as they should. Easy, accessible and enjoyable, softening life's hard edges. But it doesn't last. Something else soon catches up. A pervasive guilt. Shame and despondence in knowing you've relinquished control to a clandestine relationship. Because a habit that started life as a tonic for life's ills now represents the weight of fate creeping up and breathing across your neck. The shaming consequence of your habit may spring out to taunt you as soon as you're done with it. The disquiet of compulsive behaviour may ramp up and harass you during the still of night, or hit you like a bus and flatten your confidence when you hope to muster self-assurance. Addiction represents a pervasive, menacing presence that hovers in the wings, threatening to charge on stage and demand the spotlight. Like a bully's silent gestures across class, it will be coming for your lunch money when no one is there to protect you. Addiction. A tyrant that promised protection only to become a threat. Because whatever it is for you, any behaviour that feels out of control will come to represent a frightening and often lonely experience. Addiction is not having a control over doing, taking or using something to the point where it could be harmful to you. And the numbers suggest that a large number of us are hooked in some form or another. Almost 21 million Americans have at least one addiction, yet only 10% of them receive treatment. Drug overdose deaths have more than tripled since 1990. Alcohol and drug addiction cost the US economy over $600 billion every year. About 20% of Americans who have depression or an anxiety disorder also have a substance use disorder. And more than 90% of people who have an addiction started to drink alcohol or use drugs before they were 18 years old. If you're an addict, there's a chance those numbers offer a tainted shred of twisted comfort. Justification even. That's how sneaky addiction is, so don't let that happen. If you do, the devious aspect of addiction will twist the evidence trying to make your habits seem acceptable. Oh, everyone's at it. It's just how it is. Can't be anything wrong with it. Besides, if the ship's going down, drink and be merry. This is the toxic influence of a sickness that deploys your intelligence against you to steal your freedom. With self-destructive and compulsive behaviour running rampant throughout society, how do you know when you have a problem? Your habit likely swallows vast amounts of your time and attention, more than the activity itself, the climb of anticipation and the post-distress off-ramp are hungry for your time. You'll find that you overdo it, often without realising it. You slip out for a swift one, but end up losing a whole afternoon. Or a quick cheeky flutter mutates into a costly and exhausting financial drain as the slippery, perfect feeling becomes ever more elusive. And so you'll find that your use has increased, often without realising it, to try and recapture the pleasure from earlier experiences. You're constantly chasing a high that only exists in euphoric and unreliable recollections. As a result, the damage seeps into other areas of life. Missed opportunities, disgruntled significant others, and the omnipresent preoccupation of being bound to a habit that keeps changing the rules on you. Addiction. It's strapped in the passenger seat of a moving car without brakes. 
you've long since vacated the driver's position. When I first met Jay, a young man from London, he had a kind and gentle face. He was quick to smile and keen to present as doing okay, but he wasn't. And talking to him made it clear that he was privately troubled and ill at ease. Jay was addicted to internet porn. It was a rabbit hole he'd fallen down quite by chance as a young teen. He described how he'd opened a page online and clicked a link. One thing led to another and the beginning of thousands of hours of lost time, focus, energy, self-esteem and confidence began. Now aged 33, Jay found that the impact of his addiction had come into sharp focus. Preoccupied and battling inadequacy around women, his uncertain demeanour distracted attention from the potential of a young man who, apart from a crippling habit, clearly had much to offer. The distress at social inadequacy, sexual frustration, dependence, etc. left him veering between impulsive attempts to please others, hoping to establish belonging, or irrational responses in social situations due to his anguish at not having his behaviour under control. He hadn't done as well at school as he might, and now, staring down the barrel of an unsteady future, he couldn't push away the need for help any longer. In a nutshell, Jay's addiction had bullied him into a corner while masquerading as a friend. His porn dependence was deeply rooted, offering itself as a response to life's daily pressures and disappointments. He could always succumb to the glow of his screen, playing the harmless distraction, a quick fix, an effortless way out from his troubles. But in truth, he'd been sold a lie. So how did Jay rescue himself from an addiction running so deep through his psyche, one that had almost hijacked his self-identity? In short, how could he get his life back? Well, we'll get to this, but first, to get addictive behaviour under control, we need to understand what drives dependence. A perversion of the learning circuit. Joe Griffin, an Irish psychologist and therapist, offers an extraordinary and compelling explanation for what drives addiction, and it's one well worth our attention. In his book, Freedom from Addiction, he argues that addiction's highs and withdrawals function by corrupting the brain's learning mechanism. Reward and withdrawal. We experience purpose and pleasure when we learn new skills and overcome challenges. Yet over time and with repetition, the pleasure we derive from completing the same activity dials down. Essentially, we get bored. This is nature's strategy to regulate the experience of satisfaction encouraging us to engage in ever more complex challenges and, over time, to evolve as a species. In other words, nature governs the experience of pleasure to promote ever more creative and flexible behaviour. Equally, evolution ensures we maintain functional skills and behaviours that have an essential role in ensuring our survival. Nature thus urges us to maintain the basic, less pleasurable behaviours by imparting the discomfort of withdrawal when we cease their activity while pressing us to develop more complex skills in pursuit of pleasure. It's a clever combination of carrot and stick. The need for variety. Imagine this. Following too much sofa time, you realise you need to lose some weight and get back in shape, so you resolve to get running. While challenging at first, you soon increase your distance and you feel good about your progress. Yet before long, the pleasure curve flattens out. You stop deriving the same satisfaction from your usual route and distance. Or following a cold and wet run, motivation dwindles and you decide to take some time off. Yet back on the sofa, something doesn't feel right. You experience a faint nagging discomfort because you know you should be running. Well, this is withdrawal, nature's way of coaxing you back to a positive habit while, at the same time, spurring you on to pursue it in a new and more challenging way, perhaps a different or longer route. 
The upshot is that nature endeavours to support your progress while ensuring you retain essential habits to maintain survival. But what happens when you don't have enough new and life-affirming events or interests to keep you engaged? For instance, if stress narrows your hopes or a lack of confidence prevents you from pursuing new opportunities. In this case, we search for alternative means of reward and connection. Thus a door opens to behaviours that mimic nature's natural reward system. For instance, an expedient buzz from a coke line or the satisfying warmth from a glass of whiskey. And these are attempts to decompress, distract or escape, perhaps from boredom, loneliness or other life stresses. In other words, we get hooked on experiences that replicate or aid a sense of engagement along with the pleasure and withdrawal experience, but it's rarely the real thing. When we don't experience purposeful rewards, addictive imitations, the false promise of shortcuts, introduce themselves as the next best thing. And from here, falling into the grip of dependence is an easy next step. This is nature's learning mechanism, but it's been switched from construct to destruct. We'll tackle this bait and switch with a plan for beating addiction in the next instalment. If you found this useful, you can read the overall plan I used with Jay to help him break his addiction to porn in the second instalment here.